You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Coming Up Winners. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Joined, as always, by Andrew Lynch. Andrew, looking dapper as usual on this Thursday out here in L.A. How are you this I'm morning, Andrew? feeling elite like Clemson, my friend. How about you? <laughs> uh, not as elite as my national championship pick. I loved the under in the first half. And, of course, that was shot within about three minutes. But, Lynch, it goes to what we've talked about on this podcast. If you trust your process, and I totally dug that, I would make that bet again. Honestly, I felt like it was uh, looking through all my numbers and everything I I liked about that game. I loved the first half under. It didn't hit. Oh, well, producer Conrad came through heavily on the money line for Clemson. Maybe he'll get me a birthday present this weekend as I uh, celebrate Cowboys Rams Saturday night and a bunch of other fun stuff. And to be fair, your first half under bet was live for like seven minutes of real time. Maybe so that's, that's yeah, pretty good. It's not, not, not awful. Um, uh, that's about how long my son's second grade basketball opponent lasted. I told you guys we won 46-2. to two. We have another Wait, game. Wait, what? Like... That, that's almost just mean, yeah, J-Mac. No, Are you out there, like, telling the kids to just go for the throat? Like, You know, we didn't shoot in the fourth quarter. Which I respect. Quarter. I respect yeah, that. We but. did not shoot in the fourth quarter. We just have a nasty defense. I'm a defensive first kind of guy. It bit me in the butt first weekend of the uh, wild card weekend. I went with the defensive teams, and they all soiled themselves. But listen, we get the kids out there. We do this drill to intimidate the other team. So as soon as you can get on the court to warm up, we have the guys get in a defensive stance and they go around the out of the court on the half. Because I remember a team did that to me when I was a young kid. And I was like, who are these guys? These guys are beasts. So we get down in the defensive stance and go around three times. And the other team is going to look. These are secondaries. Like, well, these guys are serious. So we kind of get into it. We did lose one game last season. We have several new players this year. There may have been some recruiting involved, but uh, we're here to talk football. So can I gamble on these? No, there's no line. Uh, We're playing a rival school's, like, B or C teams, so uh, this one could get ugly. But let's get to football, Lynch. As we talked about Monday on the podcast, I did not have a great weekend. You had a good weekend. And I'm going to start everybody with a number that all you've been hearing about, TV, radio, web, underdogs in the NFL playoffs. Last year and this past weekend, 14-1. and That seems profitable. I'm not a math major, but that seems profitable. Dogs will hunt, my friend. It's a... it's, it's been a lot of fun, and I think we talked all season long about how the great teams have separated from the middle of the pack, and then the middle of the pack was very separate from the worst teams in the NFL. I think what we're seeing here is when you get down to the very best teams, these games are they're coin flips. And so when you can get value inside of key number, you know, inside of like three or seven, as we're about to see as we break down this divisional round, there's a lot of value on the underdogs. Uh, That's going to regress at some point. Uh, there's but, the key word. But you can't. You just have to keep approaching these games as one-offs. You can't look at it from the sense of like, oh, Reds do at some point. That's the gambler's fallacy. That is in a nutshell. So, yeah, regression will come at some point. But for now, tip my hand a little bit. I like some dogs this week. Before we get to the uh, divisional weekend games, we quickly wanted to talk about some NFL news. Big week in coaching hires. And, you know, we're going to do some free agency here on the podcast, some draft. But what was interesting to me about these coaching hires is everybody went offense except Denver. Now, Lynch, 
we've talked about on this podcast how much we liked Frank Reich as a hire for the Colts. We were all over them. Profitable team went to the playoffs. Nagy, Nagy, however you say it, Bears definitely hit their over, went to the playoffs. Let's not forget two years ago, McVay, offensive guy, goes to the playoffs, bet on team. Any thoughts as to the hirings of, say, Bruce Arians in Tampa, Kingsbury with the Cardinals, my guy Adam Gaze in the Jets, or even Lafleur with the Packers? I mean, my guy Adam Gaze makes me laugh. <laughs> That's probably my first thought. I I think Kingsbury might be the best hire here. And I, I say what? that best. I, I legitimately think so. Listen, I I get that I'm inflating his value because he's friends with Sean McVay. I like I understand that, but I also genuinely believe that approaching the NFL with a fresh outlook on offense and not being tied down by the traditional run pass balance and considerations like that, that just the data doesn't back up as being effective. I like young, offensive, fresh minded coaches. So I think Kingsbury's probably the best hire here, followed very closely behind by Bruce Arians. I'm a big Bruce Arians guy. Uh, I think Byron Leftwich, who's going to be the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay, leaving Arizona, I think he's a real you know assistant on the rise there. So I think that's going to be a really good hire there as well. I think Adam Gase has a high probability of working out. I did like some of the play calling I saw in Miami, especially early this year. That that one seems like the most variance to me. Ooh, I, I, I don't... Not, not uh, the offensive coordinator getting promoted in Cleveland. I like the Kitchens hire. Ooh. I really do. I like that he's a running back coach. I like that he has a, has a different kind of perspective on things. Um, I think he just sees the field differently given where he is on practice. He almost by default has an all 22 view of things of all times. And I think that's a really valuable, mm-hmm. if idiosyncratic thing for a coach to have. And when you look at it from a gambling perspective, again, we are going to talk about some of these offseason moves. Tampa, I will say, They were kind of undervalued late in the season. Remember, a great cover or push uh, in Dallas. They're going to get O.J. Howard, their tight end back. They're probably going to lose Deshaun Jackson. But like you said, Jameis Winston, Bruce Arians. Remember, Arians uh, was responsible for a lot of success in the desert uh, out there in Arizona with some okay quarterbacks. Kingsbury, we'll see. They, they, our offensive line is really bad. They had a lot of injuries in Arizona. He's got a lot of ground to make up there. We don't know if Fitzgerald is coming back. But what I really love about Gaze, and yes, I'm going to call him my guy, uh, when he got to Denver, Peyton Manning had the best season of his career. And that was after the next surgeries. I know people are going to say, well, it's Peyton Manning. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Then he goes to Chicago as the OC. Jay Cutler has the best statistical season of his career in Chicago. Then he goes to Miami. First year with Tannehill. Tannehill, best season according to yards per attempt, completion percentage, on down the list. And then, of course, Gaze got bit by the injury bug. Tannehill hurt. Didn't play the second year. He had to pull Jay Cutler in his off his wife's reality show. Like, come on, nobody's gonna win that. Brock Osweiler, I think, started like five games for them this year. Okay. By the way, Brock Osweiler beat the Bears at home. Number one defense. They scored 38 points. I'm not gonna go too deep into that. Um, and people are gonna knock Gaze for losing Jarvis Landry. Oh, he lost the locker room. Or no, maybe he didn't want to pay Jarvis Landry an exorbitant amount of money when he's got guys like Akeem Grant. Uh, and Grant had a great season out of the slot. I, I just, I like Gaze. I'm telling you guys right now, they got a lot of cap room, high pick. Lynch, they're going to be a bet on team next season. So let's bring this back to the single most important thing on this planet Earth, gambling. What is the over-under for the Jets was six going into 2018. 
Where do you think they are with Adam Gase at the at the helm? Let's see what happens in free agency if they get a Le'Veon Bell or an Antonio Brown. By the way, I can't get into it yet. Uh-oh. But there is some stuff about Antonio Brown that's just, you don't want him in your locker room if it comes out. I, I'm not going to reveal it yet. It's early. Maybe another reporter will be on it. It's ugly. Uh, I, I'm not advocating Antonio Brown anymore for the Jets. Um, but maybe they get Le'Veon Bell. Like, I don't know if he's worth a full game in a season win total. You're not going to get a six with the Jets next year. I would think it would be six and a half, maybe seven. Again, uh, Sam Darnold looks sharp down the stretch. I know he wasn't amazing early, but I I would think the Jets season win total over. Uh, LaFleur with the Packers is another one I'd look at. You haven't said anything about LaFleur. Because I have zero thoughts on Matt LaFleur. My brain right now is that footage not found scene from Arrested Development. I just, I have zero thoughts. <laughs> okay, so there it is. Little, a little bit on the coaches. Let's move on to this weekend. The divisional wildcard weekend. Final Saturday with football for about eight and a half months. That makes me a little bit sad. So you got to soak it up. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to tap out on social media Saturday afternoon, my daughter has her first kindergarten basketball game. Not much expected there. Back-to-back with my son's second-grade game. So I will be DVRing Chiefs-Colts. We'll start with Chiefs-Colts. I'm just glad I I waited for your explanation there because I was about to call you a coward for getting off social media on Saturday. But Uh, I guess if it's a wholesome family basketball thing, I can support I can't believe I'm going to say this. I love Andrew Luck. I love Frank Reich. I will be on the Chiefs. I am shocked. Saturday. I, I am legitimately shocked. Well, I, saw I thought you we yesterday. were going to. I thought we were both going to be on the same side here. I like here. the Colts a lot, and, and it. I think for me, it comes down to that number. And let's get it out of the way, right? Fourteen and one underdogs last year, combined with last weekend. So Lynch, you like to say regression or markets tend toward efficiency. When you see fourteen and one, do you think Vegas is making adjustments, and as such, there's value maybe? on the favorites and let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs who were an offensive juggernaut we haven't seen them they kind of limped down the stretch if you listen to me Monday I, I've been saying a lot of negative stuff about the Chiefs is there value on Kansas City at home this weekend it's certainly a possibility independent of any you know considerations from Vegas to move the line a little bit I think anytime that they are moving the lines based on that 14 and one number it's more about the public the public is coming in heavy on these underdogs this week and I think that's going to affect line movement more than anything and that would be four road underdogs four road underdogs all taking the majority of the bets currently and three of those four are sharp on the money meaning they're taking more money percentage wise than even the bet percentage according to the Network. And we've talked about this before. Early in the week, the limits are not very high in Vegas. Do you think some of these wealthy gamblers, guys who are putting high five and six figures on bets, will come in early in the week, give me 10000 on the dog, only to set up coming in Friday, Saturday, when the limits are higher, heavy on the favorite? I think that's a really smart play, Eagles Saints in particular. Um, but yeah, here... like. I'm not going to say that the, this Chiefs bet is a bad bet by you necessarily because I really love this Chiefs team. They're number one in overall DVOA, number one in weighted DVOA. Just a great, great team. That said, at this number at five, five and a half, I really like the Colts. Um, and it's because I like balance. I'll use an mm. NBA comparison here. 
going back in the past 10 years, eight of the 10 NBA champions have been top 10 in both offense and defense. The two outliers are last year's Warriors team uh, and one of the the Kobe, Pau Gasol, Lakers teams. And both of those, the Warriors were 11th in defense last year and top 10 in offense. And the Lakers were 11th in offense the year they won and top 10 in defense. So even then, they're right on the cusp of being top 10 in both. And I feel like that holds in the NFL as well. Well, Indy, by weighted DVOA, is eighth in defense, fourth in offense. No, it's heavy to, heavy toward run defense. Their run defense correct. is excellent. Pass defense. And that's my concern against Mahomes, no doubt about that. However, as we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, this trend jumped out to me. I'm not going to hang my hat on trend, it, but it is alarming. Trend alert. First-time starting quarterbacks yes. going against a quarterback who has some playoff experience since 2002, according to Bet Labs and the Action Network, 11-31-1 and <laughs> against the spread. <laughs> what is that, like 26%? Or yeah, something? I don't have the number. That's not great. <sighs> I'm taking the points here. I am expecting the Chiefs to win this game. But being outside of that key number of three, I do like the points. Interesting. Now, the, I, I want to do a little pushback on the Colts here, Lynch. Uh, and you know, this I, is bizarro I, world. This is well, we want to be balanced. We don't want to just go heavy, heavy. It is we the, love it. Is we, the love. Word. we want to balance things out. Regarding the Colts and that defense, if you look at the schedule, I, I mean, where are the where are the awesome quarterbacks they faced? Where are the MVP candidates they faced? It hasn't happened. Like Lynch, the schedule has been soft because of. They play in a division without any stars. I like Deshaun Watson. The guys never won a playoff game. I'm going to tell you the quarterbacks the Colts have faced in the last oh, six weeks. Blaine Gabbert in Week 17, right? They didn't even face Marcus Mariota. Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Bortles or his backup. No, it was Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler, and they lost 6 nothing. Uh, Greatest game ever. I, I don't know. It was either Ryan Tannehill or Brock Osweiler. Blaine Gabbert, and then in Jacksonville again. So, like, they haven't faced a good quarterback since Tom Brady on October 4th. This is going to be a shock to the system. Like, you you know, you come out of the hot tub and you jump in the cold tub and it's, ah, it's brutal. Pat Mahomes is, like, way, way better than all these jokers. And I'll totally buy that. I think that's a really valid point because while DVOA tries to normalize for strength of schedule and strength of your opponent and things like that, it can only adjust so much if you don't have those outliers to compare it against. Again, I like the Colts here, but I think that's a really compelling point. Okay. And that's why I hesitate to say this is a bad bet for you. T.Y. Hilton. They're going to need offense to keep up. Five 100-yard games this season, all of them indoors. None outdoors. He's still nursing the injury. I don't think he practiced Wednesday. I don't know. Uh, Conrad, you be the deciding vote here. We're split. I'm going to come in on the Chiefs. Not a heavy play. Lynch is on the Colts. Are you on the money line as well? No, not in this game. Although, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we're not we'll going to tease money it. lines yes, here yes, in yes. a second. We're not going to tease. We're going to parlay. Oh, jeez. Oh, you spoiled it, Conrad. I uh, know earlier this week I mentioned one note to you. I said, does Andrew Luck and the Colts have one of the best running games in the NFL right now with Marlon Mack? Marlon Mack went to town on that Texans run defense Number last one week. run defense in the league, according to Football Outsiders. All I'm saying is, what is this guy going to do to this Chiefs defense, That's even if it's good. outside? I like Andrew Luck, I like Marlon Mack, and I do like the money line in Indy. Two guys on the dog. Quick note on the weather, okay? I know the New England Patriots weather. We, we're talking snow Monday. That's now out of the forecast. Kansas City, according to weather.com right now, 35 degrees on Saturday, 50% snow showers. 
could slow down things, giving Marlon Mack and the Colts a huge advantage. All right, let's move on to our next game. Saturday night out here in L.A. Oh, boy, what a game. Can't wait. We're fired up. Uh, Obviously, Fox is very happy to have the Dallas Cowboys here. They are seven-point underdogs. Now, it looked at times like it was trending towards seven and a half. It was like a juice seven. Now it's a seven normal, seven uh, minus 110. They are... On the road, road in air quotes, in L.A. here, we think it's going to be about a 70-30 Cowboys split. Would you think that's accurate, Lynch? Uh, There was actually some data based on some early ticket numbers that I saw this week that said it was closer to like 30-70. It still is, you know, Rams fans, the majority of them. That said, it's still early in the week and you can still see a lot of tickets being resold. But even that is pretty absurd. You know, unless you're the Chargers where you know 100% of the audience is going to be against you, to have 30% of your home crowd be wearing the opposing colors is... Not great. So where are you on this game? I know Monday we talked a little bit about it. Uh, I'll get to the weather here. Weather usually beautiful in L.A. I'm seeing a little rain in the forecast for Saturday, but I don't expect it to rain during the game. Saturday night rain out, what is that, like twice a year? I mean, it's just so, so strange. I think the rain would help the Dallas Cowboys. I think they've got the better defense, the better run game. Yes, I love Todd Gurley, but his offensive line has, to my, uh, to the naked eye, has not performed as well as the Cowboys. I think at Dallas has a lot of advantages here, and I think this is the one underdog I like, Lynch. I, I think I'm leaning toward the Dallas Cowboys getting seven against Jared Off. Jared off because he has been off lately, um, and uh, and the Rams. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think I agree. I think this is a good bet, and I say I think because I keep going back and forth on this one. I'm really confident in these AFC games. I don't think that I, they're locks by any means, but I'm really confident in my picks in the AFC games. The NFC games, again, and it makes sense. They're just bigger spreads. I'm really hesitant to come up with a firm pick. But with that said, I think this game is all about matchups. I think it's about Zeke versus that porous Rams rush defense, which is 28th in the league, according to football outsiders. And I think it's about that Cowboys front seven versus Jared Goff. The Cowboys front seven, though, is kind of interesting because you could look at some data and wonder, well, are we overrating this Dallas front seven because of what they did to Drew Brees in particular? (laughs) In their middle of the pack in sack percentage, they're 16th in D- the, the defensive line is 16th in DVOA against the pass, and they're 27th in rushing the passer. But with that said, they're getting they're fourth in the NFL at total quarterback pressure rate. They're getting to the quarterback. They're just not necessarily getting sacks. Mm. And that pressure matters, especially for a young player like Jared Goff, who I don't want to say Jared off. I, you can't make me say that. But who has certainly not played well of late. Um, the only caveat there, the Rams are number one in quarterback pressure rate. They are. Uh, I mean, listen, Aaron Donald, probably defensive player of the year again. Let me throw two quick things at you. So Todd Gurley sat out week 16 against the Cardinals and sat out week 17. He didn't practice leading up to the Cardinals game. So put that around his last football was around December... 16th it will be january 12th when they play that is about a 25 day layoff for todd Gurley, and now he's got to face what could be a pretty good run defense i think that's slight advantage to dallas and they have the linebackers to handle Gurley in van der esch and jalen smith out of the backfield um i do think they're susceptible to everett the tight end but uh, you I, seem to really like Dallas here. Do you think? Yeah, that, but it, it's an irrational love. Like I, 
Would you do take I the like... Cowboys on the money line? I will take the Cowboys. You are all right. Yeah, there not, we go. not heavy, not heavy, because uh, you know, getting seven as well. But I, talk me out of Dallas. Is there I can't. An I can't. Like, I mean, hold, let me. The okay, argument fine. is Jason Garrett versus Sean McVay. That's. I mean, that's one of the okay. big arguments. McVay doesn't have a playoff win. Just let's move on. And then, and I think the argument is again with the Rams being number one in quarterback pressure rate. There's every chance that Dak Prescott has a far worse game than Jared it's Goff. Let me just give you some Jared Goff splits with Cooper Cup and without him. And we don't want to go too overboard. Cooper Cup is not Julio Jones here, okay? So with Cooper Cup, Goff's yards per attempt, 9.6. No Cooper Cup, 7.3. 7.3 is still pretty good, probably around the league average. 9.6 is elite. What wide receiver there scares you? Cook's deep? Robert Woods across the middle? Our guy Josh Reynolds is a, is a nice receiver? And it's why I've compared this Rams offense and the Chiefs offense in particular. They're very switch, Swiss watch-esque. Like, these are fine-tuned machines, but if you lose a gear, it completely falls apart. Can I joke about a Tavon Austin revenge game? Former, I mean, uh, re- now this I is d- America, yeah. <laughs> Conrad chomping at the bit. Do you have something you want to offer here? No, I think you're point on with the Cowboys here. Oh, no. 3 0 Cowboys? Well, this is I'm, scary. I mean, it's it's the playoffs, though, and as Lynch always alludes to, give me the team that's more well powered on the offensive and defensive lines. And I mean, look at the last three times that the Rams have lost this season a better defensive line in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. a monster defensive line in Chicago, and a pretty good defensive front in New Orleans. I think they're going to get pressure on them. I think the Cowboys are going to cover the seven here. It's funny. I either listen to podcasts or the radio when I'm in my car. Here's another one for you. The Rams covered against one playoff team this year. That's it. The Chargers, September 23rd. Since then, Rams against the spread against playoff teams, 0-5-1. They got to push against the Chiefs. But covering against the eventual Super Bowl champion is pretty impressive. Sorry, I'm riding with the Chargers. Chargers. Let's go. I, I, I am literally the biggest Chargers fan in Los it's Angeles. So weird. Chargers, do you remember that? I'm sorry, not Chargers. That Rams Chiefs Monday night game was like the apex of the NFL season, right? 54 51. You know, neither team has been the same since that game. I mean, the Rams have not looked like a juggernaut, and the Chiefs have definitely fallen back to earth. To go to your Jared Off point, though. Jared Off, baby. Is that going to stick? <sighs> since December 2nd, Jared Goff has thrown for over 300 yards in only one game. All right. They've gone to the run game. They're going to go t- probably heavy with the two tight end sets. But even in that game, he was down by three touchdowns to get over 300 yards. That's just, uh, listen, something I, to watch. And watch the Rams blow him out. You know, Jason Garrett coming up some all. We're going to get killed. So, uh, folks, it's 3-0 here, Cowboys. We're going to ha- at the end, I want you to rank your games. For me, this is the underdog I like best. All right, let's move on to Sunday's games. And the Chargers, your Chargers, Lynch, getting shafted once again, back-to-back 1 p.m. Eastern kickoffs. You know, I think Rivers alluded to that in an interview this week. He's like, I don't care when we play. Bring it on. Love it. Now, snow, we're going to start with the weather. That's impactful in January. Um, No snow in New England, but temperatures in the high 20s. Uh, as Conrad alluded to Monday, heavy Melvin Gordon weather, uh, assuming he's fully healthy. We don't know the status of him yet. He's going to play. We just don't know if he's 100%. Um, I saw this interesting stat from one of the guys at Football Outsiders. The Chargers, number one in DVOA Lynch, defending tight ends this season. I don't know how much of Derwin James that is. By the way, then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, they faced Kelsey twice. Are you ready for this? Travis Kelsey, first meeting against the Chargers. One catch on six targets for six yards. Second meeting, seven catches, nine targets, 61 yards. Travis Kelsey, maybe the best tight end in the league this year, right? He passed Gronk. Gronk was not very good. 
Travis Kelsey had no TDs against the Chargers. A lot of people are waiting for Gronk. I, I think I'm kind of waiting for him on my fantasy team. Thanks for nothing, Gronk. Um, Bear down. It feels like if Gronk's not going to show up, and we talked about it Monday, no Josh Gordon to stretch the field. Chargers have the number one slot corner, according to Pro Football Focus, and Desmond King. Lynch? I, I thought you where, said you only liked one dog. Where is the advantage in New England for the Patriots? Where is it? Other than Bill Belichick. Home field. That's the, it really comes down to that. And given that home field's usually two or three points, and I think I don't think the Chargers are the better team here, I'm sticking with Los Angeles, and I expect them to win outright. Oh, no. We're both on this one. I, I mean, I don't love the Chargers as much as I do the Cowboys, but you know, I was talking with somebody around the league this week, and they were like, uh, Jason, look at the teams that have given Belichick and Brady problems in the Super Bowl. The New York Giants. Nasty defensive ends getting to Brady. The Baltimore Ravens. Terrell Suggs coming off the edge. Chargers got two guys. Ingram, who was a killer against the Ravens. And listen, if you missed Monday's podcast, go listen to how Ingram knew uh, Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, was tipping plays by his footwork. Ingram, man, this guy's impressive. He had a two sacks, I think a forced fumble. Ingram on one side, Bosa on the other. We know that's given the Patriots problems in the past. If What happens if the Chargers do what they did against the Ravens? We're going to dress up safeties as linebackers. That's exactly the thing, right? Like I, I expect this Chargers team on both sides of the ball to come out in very in disguised schemes, disguised looks, do a lot of novel things, and I've said it all season long. I, I, I've always liked the Patriots. I really like elite teams. I said it on Monday. I love dynasties. That said, I don't know that I've ever seen for the, for the entire season – I don't know that I've ever seen a New England defense look this confused. And so I expect the Chargers to really take advantage of that. I mean, they're they're third in overall DVOA. Yeah. The Pats are eighth. They're third in offensive DVOA. The Pats are fourth. So that's where it's closest. They're seventh in defensive DVOA, and the Pats are 13th. By DYAR, uh, defense adjusted yards above replacement. Oh, I think that's a new one. That's, I don't know that's, that that's one. That's a quarterback measure. Look at Lynch. He's finding all this stuff, man. Repeat Rivers, that again. D, D, what is DYAR, it? defense okay. adjusted yards above replacement. So, it's, again, adjust for the defenses and then base it on a scale of whatever a replacement player is, what percentage better than that are you? Okay. Rivers was third, the third best quarterback in the NFL behind Mahomes and Breeze. Brady had a better season than I think most people would give yeah. him credit for, but was still eighth. Rivers had a substantially better season. Uh, it's going to sound crazy, but is there an advantage for Rivers over Brady at this point? I mean, I Rivers think had a better season. I that's the argument season. I'm making, honestly, and I, 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 I think Phillip Rivers is going to play has played this season like a better quarterback. I'm not going to say he is a better quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be the better quarterback this weekend. My one concern, the Patriots aren't elite defensively. Like I just said, yeah. 13th, you know, kind of middle of the pack. But they were elite at forcing turnovers. 15% defensive turnover rate this year, fourth in the NFL. Huh. It, I mean, this is a very simple thing to say because so many games are decided by this. This game very easily could come down to Phillip Rivers' interceptions. This opened at four and a half, bet down to four. Will we see a three and a half, Lynch? Four is a secondary key number in gambling. Most games obviously end on three. Uh, three, seven. I would say four is right in there as a secondary key number. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a three and a half. I wouldn't be either. And, uh, my, I'll throw this out is here. Is there my value first, on the Patriots then at three and a, three? There and a half. might be. Uh, I listen again. I'm confident in my AFC picks. 
I've got a little parlay going with Colts to cover, Chargers to win outright on the money line, plus 420 for those two. All right. Listen, I don't know if we're gravitating toward dogs because of what has gone on recently in the playoffs, but... I I'm gonna t- I took the Chargers at four and a half earlier this week, I, again, and I said that Monday that was a one bet I made. I went, you know, I was fortunate enough to go three and one in the wild card round. I got three dogs, lost on a favorite. So, all right, there it is. We're both on the Chargers. Producer Conrad, do you have a play here? Um, we had a clean sweep all on the Ram. Uh, I'm sorry, on the Cowboys. Are you on the dog? I am on the dog. Oh, you guys, you guys. This is my getting mind. scary. You know what? This is getting chalky. I, I 100% was all in on the Patriots. And then looking at the numbers, I was just going through everything on my end. The Chargers have played so many more quality opponents. They have. And, and I, they've won on the road. And I mean, they're 7-1 and one on the road. They're going into Foxborough. It's so hard to go against Brady. As of right now, I haven't like made a choice. I like, put my actual money on this game. I'm going to wait to get close to the line because if this does drop to 3.5 and, and I can get that 3... I might stick with the Patriots. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But, I think the Patriots uh, win this game. I'm, I'm rooting Chargers. Patriots fans who are listening, we have a Patriots fan in the room here. Uh, I won't name him, but uh, listen, I'm and, rooting Chargers. And let's hang a lampshade on this real quick. In New England, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Historically, it is not profitable to bet yeah. against that circumstance. I, I, but the, I just really, really believe in this Chargers team. I Again, I have a two-unit bet on them at fifteen to one to win the Super Bowl. Wow. So. Uh, I have Belichick 6-1 and one against the spread in this round. Of course, my Jets and Mark Sanchez, baby, took him down. Feels like yesterday. I remember the game fondly, but it was a long, long time ago. All right, let's wrap up. Divisional weekend. Ooh, looks like there's some uh, movement on this one as we speak. The Eagles... St. Nick. I almost said uh, something about Nick Foles that I'm not allowed to say on this podcast. Uh, Eagles travel to the Saints. Saints are eight. Uh, I saw an eight and a half. It's now down to eight. Looks like it's going back to eight and a half at a couple spots in the desert. Lynch, Eagles fans have been all up in my mentions. Instagram, Twitter, badly. Like, they're just beating me. People tell me, don't come to the 215 Hey, idiots, I lived outside of the 215 for about six years. Give me a break. I, I'm a, come on. I'm going with the Saints here. I'm uh, going with the New Orleans Saints, favored by eight. Um, I, I'll let you go because I think you like another dog. Listen, uh, what are the odds of, I think we'll get to this yeah, soon, four <laughs> underdogs covering this weekend? We'll get to that in a minute, actually. Um, however, uh I'm on your side again. Oh, I, I, I hate this game. It's yes. I. If I were just gambling on my own, I would probably stay away from this game. So again, if you're a cautious gambler who's just looking for value, this eight is a really tough number. But speaking of numbers, I have to trust them. I have to trust the data. And I know that this Eagles team is not the same team that we saw early in the season. But fortunately, Football Outsiders' weighted DVOA kind of accounts for that. The first five weeks of the season are no longer factored into the weighted DVOA. And up to week 10 has been weighted pretty pretty insignificantly at this point. The Saints are number two in weighted DVOA. The Eagles are 16th. The Saints are 6th in defense and 7th in offense. The Eagles are 14th and 18th. Yeah, I get that there is some intangible here and that the Eagles play better with Nick Foles. I, I don't know if you saw Bennett yesterday. Was uh, Someone asked a question about Nick Foles making a prediction, and Bennett was like, I'm not. I'm never going to disagree with, with Nick Foles. That, that man's a god around here. And I, that kind he of energy is. in the locker room really does matter, I feel. Again, I think the Saints are just the better team here by a substantial enough margin that I would lay the eight points. 
but I wouldn't do it happily. Okay, good to see that you're finally on a favorite. Again, we talked at the outset uh, about value. Like, the public is coming in on the Eagles here. They're coming in on what they saw last. But all those numbers you said line up with the Saints. So, logic, oh, yeah, look at what I saw last. Eagles, the smart analytics say Saints. Now, a couple interesting numbers here. Uh, And again, we're not big trend guys, but they are eye-popping and they translate easily on social media. Nick Foles is 3-0 when trailing at the half in the last two postseasons. 3-0 Nick Foles. All other quarterbacks, 4-15. There is something about Foles. It's unquantifiable. I don't know what it is. Um, It's just that Arizona shine. You know, he's a good story. Uh, He's deeply religious. I don't think we're going to get into that, although we did have a pre-podcast discussion about the show on CBS, God Friended Me. Yes, I'm watching God Friended Me, folks. It's not bad. Has he friended Uh, you yet? He has not friended me, but we have a a deeper relationship than that. Uh, I I do want to say this. The last time these two teams met, 48-7, to uh, Saints rolled. Now, they went into that game without two starting cornerbacks. And in that game, the Eagles lost two more cornerbacks. Maddox was injured in the game. Uh, and another cornerback whose name I'm, I'm forgetting, he was also injured. Maddox, by the way, last week against Allen Robinson got torched. 10 for 143 and a touchdown. He will now probably draw can't guard Mike, Mike Thomas. Okay, Thomas is going to feast. On the other side, and we like balance here. Uh, Saints offensive line is nursing some injuries. We know the Eagles pass rush. Fletcher Cox, Michael Bennett can get nasty. The matchup to watch, I think, is Golden Tate in the slot. He will be matched up with P.J. Williams, of course, the guy famous from the for the Minnesota Miracle. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, and we, we ha- ha- talked about the guys who are good, Desmond King, uh, Stephon Gilmore with the Patriots, P.J. Williams ranked 110th out of 121 cornerbacks. He's going to be matched up with Golden Tate in the slot. That's a big mismatch. I think the Eagles will be able to move the football. I just, I think Alvin Kamara is my guy here. I think he has a big, big game for the Saints. Um, And I'm going to go with the Saints, favored by eight. Conrad, do you have a, this is another um, one where we're, so we're on the same side in three of four. Interesting. Interesting. Conrad, your thoughts. I just can't believe you guys are going to go against Nick Foles like this again. Oh no, this, he's going with him. Oh, I mean, this, I mean, over the past two years, is there anyone worse to go against in this situation? No. I mean, especially with eight points, that's a lot in a playoff game, let alone a regular season. If if Nick Foles wins this game, we are opening the podcast Monday with where do you trade Carson Wentz? If he goes into Chicago and the New Orleans and wins, Foles has to be the guy. Uh, is there any pushback on that? Not. A, I, don't th- I don't think there's pushback as we sit here now, personally. Um, I don't know that it would be the right decision, but, but- I, I do think the Eagles at this point are probably pretty locked in on Nick Foles being their quarterback in the future. I mean, dude. Yeah. Anyways. All right, Conrad. So you have uh, Nick. Give me the eight I points. Wanting, yeah. All right. He's taking the points. So there you have it. Let's recap the picks quickly. We are split on one of them, folks. I am going Cowboys as is Lynch. I am going Chiefs. Oh, boy. Chiefs. And I, and I hate going against Andrew Luck as much as I hate betting against Russell it's Wilson. It's fine. When has betting on Andy Reid ever failed anyone? Yeah, we gave out the trends on uh, on Monday. Listen, Andy <laughs> Reid, first-time quarterback, Pat Mahomes. Uh, yikes. Um, Chargers, Patriots, we're both on the same side. We both have the Chargers. And to wrap up with, we're both on the Saints. Now, Lynch, 
you have an interesting parlay that a lot of the novice bettors out there could throw some Starbucks coffee money on. Starbucks not yet a sponsor on the podcast. Hopefully soon. Yeah, I mean, this is a really fun one, and I think there's a lot of value here, honestly, given how many dogs I'm on. Uh, I'm picking this week. If you want to turn $10 into about 1000 or 1200 a four-way parlay on all the dogs to win outright is paying, depending on what prices you get, about 120 to 1, as we sit here right wow. now. Wow. So, and I mean, take the Eagles out. You know, they're the biggest dog. If you don't like the Eagles necessarily and just the other three dogs to win outright, you're still looking at 30 to 1. And if you just want to take all four dogs to cover, you're getting 13 to 1. I don't think there's value on that one. But the first two, and especially the, the very first one, I mean, I've made that bet. I, I've wagered just $10. My usual unit is 50 uh, to, on all four of the dogs to win outright. So if your wife says, hey, can you make a star, well, your girlfriend or one of your Tinder dates, I know you're not on Tinder, but if if the lady in your life says, hey, can you make a Starbucks run, go get some coffee for us, you'll say, you know what, I'll go get coffee and donuts. And you take that money and you put it on all four underdogs. (laughs) That's the basis for a healthy relationship. Lies and (laughs) gambling. You will come back with a hefty sum. Now, uh, the contrarian in me says, hmm. Not necessarily regression, but markets tending toward efficiency. I would actually go counter and say, fine, give me a hundred bucks on the four favorites. And you win two forty five. So I mean two and a Any half. Any thoughts one. on that? I, I don't think that's nearly enough value. Uh, I, I would agree, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, if you if you if you want to go a little square, it's not the worst bet in the world. Okay. I mean, there the wor- you have it. Uh, not the worst bet in the world. What a in- ringing endorsement for you. <laughs> the worst bet in the world is that there is already a prop for the Super Bowl on whether a kicker will hit an upright or the crossbar. No That's the worst bet in wow. the world. But I still might make it. It sounds well, fun. Cody Parkey will not be in the game, so uh, you know I'll probably take the no. Gosh, Cody Parkey. Hope he's doing all right, by the way. He owns it. He, he, he could go jump in his bathtub with his Scrooge McDuck kicker money. You know, that guy's making a couple million bucks to be a kicker who can't friggin' make I a kick. I think Scrooge McDuck's vault was a little bigger than a bathtub. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Lynch, do you want to toss in anything else as we head into the final Saturday weekend of football for about eight and a half months? I know you're going to, uh, before I let you answer, I know you're going to be fine. A lot of boxing, a lot of wrestling. Um, your thoughts heading into the weekend? I, just a small piece of advice. If if this gambling season wasn't necessarily kind to you. If that's you impossible if they listen to this Well, podcast. that's what I was about to say. If you weren't necessarily tailing us, don't try to make up for that in, tw- in the playoffs. Like, you don't have to bet all four <laughs> games. You don't have to. And like legitimately, that is a very good way to lose even more money. Be smart. Pick the games that you really think there's value on. Trust your process. And don't, again, don't try to make up, don't put good money after bad just because you had a losing season. It's just one season. This too shall pass. 2019's right around the corner. I would also add to that, which is very well said. Save some money from March Madness. Uh, I've had some good March Madness runs lately. Uh, I think I've mentioned my buddy with a college basketball yeah. algorithm. Now, it's been rough this week. They're one and five. I'm not going to give out the picks just yet. A uh, couple but, of bad beats in college basketball. This, uh, this week, was though. a rough week for college hoops. Now, they have tweaked the algorithm after the non conference play. Um, I'll be giving some college basketball picks starting in February. Uh, we will be back on Monday. 
Monday, uh, Conrad, to recap the weekend and head into championship weekend. I think we'll probably start to uh, tweak the podcast a little bit. We have some cool ideas for post-football. Yes, we are going to be doing this all year. We're not bailing like some of these other guys who just do football. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Real quick, and also during the off week after the championship games, Royal Rumble betting, baby! All right, uh, I can't get behind that yet. Yes. But I will tell you blindly on those. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Have a great divisional football weekend.